G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always a good time of week when you want to catch up on those breaking news headlines that are coming out of the Middle East and especially as they affect the nation of Israel. Ron Ross is back with us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Dale. Ron, significant headlines from overnight. Let's start with one about Arab leaders who have met in Cairo, Egypt over the weekend. They issued some pretty strong challenges to Iran and Hezbollah and Israel in the mix, hinting at some quiet connections with Saudi Arabia. How does this story unfold? Yeah, and I'd say to our prayer partners uh, listening in uh, this morning, uh, keep Saudi Arabia in your prayers. They're going to be a central focus in the Middle East uh, for some weeks ahead. That meeting came amid unprecedented tensions in the region between Saudi Arabia and Iran. And as the war against Islamic State wraps up in Syria and Iraq, the meeting was called by Saudi Arabia, which recently hosted Lebanese Prime Minister Saad Hariri, and encouraged him to resign. Since then, Saudi Arabia has taken a particularly hard line against Hezbollah and Iran, speaking openly of a war with the Shiite organization that is Lebanon's most powerful political and military player. Iran's Foreign Minister Khalid bin Ahmed al-Khalifi was one of the most outspoken in Cairo, accusing Iran of arming the region, including Hezbollah. He said Iran had left thousands of wounds on his country. Khalifi was uh, referring to violence that has taken place in Bahrain since the Arab Spring protests that were crushed in March 2011 when Saudi Arabia, with the backing from the Gulf Cooperation Council, intervened to stop the mostly Shiite protests. Saudi Arabia's foreign minister, Adel al-Jabir, a frequent critic of Iran over the years, described what's going on at the moment in the region as very grave. And Ron, I imagine that the reason why you're saying this is an important prayer point is because of some reports that suggest that Saudi Arabia will provide billions of dollars to Israel to utterly crush Hezbollah. Yes, and we had a statement last week, uh, which I haven't got time to go in in detail, uh, but one of the leading generals in Israel uh, said he was not uh, frightened to share military secrets with Saudi Arabia. And now, according to the United Kingdom Daily Mail, a source close to the Saudi Arabia royal family, they said that King Salman bin Abdul Assad intends to step down next week and install his son, Prince Mohammed bin Salman, as his successor. The source added that once in power, MBS, as he's known, hopes to enlist the support of Israel to crush Hezbollah, known to be a proxy for Iran in the region. MBS is convinced that he has to hit Iran and Hezbollah, the source told the Daily Mail. 
MBS's plan is to start the fire in Lebanon, but he's hoping to count on Israel military to support him. He's already promised Israel billions of dollars in direct financial aid if they agree. And I don't think there'll be much hesitation on the Israeli side. Let's talk about the Americans who are siding with the Israelis here in a uh, issue to do with the Palestinian Authority and Israel where the Trump administration has threatened to close PLO offices in Washington if the Palestinian Authority proceeds with criminal charges against Israel at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. What's the story there, Ron? Well, the Trump administration rightly says that President Obama gave permission for these officers, although the Palestinian Authority isn't a state, and therefore on legal grounds they had every right to close it down. The move comes after Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said on Friday that the Palestinians had triggered U.S. legal requirements to close the office, and it would be closed if they pursued charges against Israel at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. Although it remains unclear until the U.S. and Palestinians meet to discuss the issue, Palestinian Chief Negotiator Sayyid Erekat responded by saying the Palestinians would cut the United States out of the peace agreement team. It's possible that the implementation of the law could be as minimal as closing the office to the public, but this is one to watch carefully because America seems to be much more aggressive than we expected they might be. Ron, let's talk about uh, the idea of the end of days. And as Christian believers, we have our understanding of biblical prophecy. Uh, but there are those of the Islamic faith who have their understanding of their end of days prophecy too. And some preparations appearing to be underway for the return of the Islamic Messiah known as the Mahdi. Now, what's happening with this story as it revolves around events in Syria? Well, Rabbi Adam Berkowitz has written an article for uh, Israel Breaking News. In it, he says Iran is establishing bases in Syria, but according to some sources, their preparations to engage Israel are motivated far more by messianic aspirations than military ones. Iran has frequently stated its desire to destroy Israel, claiming the Jewish state as the focus of its nuclear and long-range missile program. Iran has also funneled millions of dollars into proxy enemies of Israel, like Hezbollah in Lebanon and through Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. According to Debka, a Middle East military analysis site, Iran is now stepping up its pace, having established 13 military installations in Syria. Some experts see behind this sinister desire for the end of the world Islamic style. Indeed, the escalation of Iranian military efforts in Syria are religiously motivated. Ryan Morrow, a political analyst for the Clarion Project, has explained. He said this isn't normal competition between hostile powers. This isn't even normal Iranian sponsorship of terrorism or attempts to expand their military presence. To the Iranian regime, this is the fulfillment of prophecy. Morrow points out that the new Iranian troops are called Ansar al-Mahdi, meaning supporters of the Messiah. It's also called the 313th Brigade, and it's recruiting their young Syrian Shiites. 
according to tradition in Shiite Islam, 313 is the number of fighters that will arrive with the Mahdi, the Islamic Messiah. The Islamic tradition holds that Mahdi is the redeemer of Islam. The arrival of Mahdi will coincide with the arrival of the Christian Messiah, who will be the Mahdi's assistant in fighting the Masa al-Dajjal, the false Messiah or Antichrist. According to their tradition, the Mahdi will appear along with Jesus, who will declare himself a Muslim and kill Christians to refuse, who refuse to convert. Shia Islam holds that the end of days will be a bloody battle, killing off two-thirds of the world population and leaving the rest to convert to Islam. Well, students of Bible prophecy will be wanting to follow that story along closely, Ron. Another one which I think captures the imagination is the discovery of what are thought to be the gates of Solomon's Desert Fortress, uncovered by a Christian-sponsored archaeological dig. This one's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. They've been uncovered at the biblical Tamar Park in southern Israel. Paul Lagno, Bible student and participant in the five-day dig at the biblical Tamar Park, said that the discovery gives evidence to the biblical account of Judean control over Tamar. The Bible says that Solomon built a fortress in the desert. The archaeologists are sure they've found all the hallmarks of the gates of Solomon, all the hallmarks of the fortified city. They believe this was a fortress built by Solomon. The archaeological evidence is consistent with 1 Kings 9.19, where it says Solomon built Tamar in the wilderness. He explained, in addition, the pagan altars destroyed by King Hosea, as described in 1 Kings 13.3, were also found right outside the gates. And Ron, I guess worthy of mention that there hasn't been a lot of archaeological evidence for uh, that kingdom that was uh, so prolific under Solomon. And uh, and so when they find this sort of evidence, uh, that's a pretty exciting thing. Yes, and the biblical Tamar Park is one of the oldest archaeological sites in southern Israel and the only site in the area to showcase the entire archaeological history of the Abraham period to today. It's located along the Spice Route. The area had tremendous importance to world trade and still remains a noteworthy masterpiece of Jewish heritage in the land of Israel. Well, no doubt more to come in that story too. Ron Ross, always so good getting an update. Uh, Brings everything from our understanding of biblical truth and biblical history into the foreground when we hear those headlines that you bring to us each week. So thank you so much for uh, bringing such a great presentation for us once again today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.